welcome to Live Vedanta, a podcast about simple living and higher thinking with Vivek Gupta. As we head into another week of social distancing, I wanted to highlight another opportunity from the Vichara Gurukula team to stay connected, this time for the little ones in your life. We've started a Rise and Shine program where every morning at 9 a.m., your kiddos will receive a special message from Vivekji on how to approach their day. You can find more details on how to tune in at medium.com slash vicharagurugula. With that, we continue our series on meditation and life. Let's tune in. Greetings from London. Before Srimad Bhagavatam begins, before the first shloka, there's a portion called the Bhagavata Mahatmya, which is the praise for Bhagavatam. It's like an opening prayer before the actual message. And in one of the chapters, there's an interesting character that is described. His name is Dundukari. <laughs> and this Dundukari, there's lots of descriptions of him, like he never showers. He always eats old food. As I was reading this, I was thinking, it's like Bhagavatam knows how college life is. <laughs> but one particular description that really stuck with me was, Shava hastena bhojana. So opening those words up. Eating with a hand like a corpse. Eating with a hand like a corpse. So if you take this literally, it's very strange sounding. But what this means is, anytime someone takes without giving, that person is more like a corpse than a human. When someone is living a life for what they can get rather than what they can share, then that person is more dead than alive. But if you go to business school, if you're a profession, our day-to-day transactions this is not what we're taught. We're taught to look out for ourselves, that I should get this, and if you get something, fine, but I should get this. Dundukari experiences great sadness. And the only way that he's freed from this sadness is his brother, Gokarna. His brother is known as Gokarna. Go means gao or cow, and karna means ears. His brother had cow-like ears in the sense that they were very big. Some of us are like gokarna physically, physically. I'm gokarna physically. (laughs) But go has a deeper meaning. It means veda. Go means veda. 
and karna means to listen. So Gokarna is the one who listens to the Veda. In other words, Shravana, one who is knowledgeable. Gokarna teaches Dundukari through a Bhagavata Sattaha. He teaches him Bhagavatam. And Bhagavatam's focus is contained in the first shloka, which shares Satyam Param Dhimahi. Dhimahi means I reflect on, I try to internalize Param, the highest. Highest what? Satya. True. Reality. Meditation in life, our course is trying to follow the same as a Bhagavat Saptaha as Bhagavatam. Right now, I'm Dundukari. I'm living for myself. And it's only when I'm in association with one like Gokarna, one who is knowledgeable, who knows to live selflessly. All of a sudden, my priority in life becomes Satya. Truth, integrity, joy. Without such a lifestyle, our vision will never reach the highest. Chapter 8 is entitled Illusion and Reality. And what we studied last week do others' priorities? Influence your priorities. Think about your day. Think about your week. Do others' priorities influence your priorities? How many of you, the answer is yes? How many of you, the answer is no? Okay. Here, when I say priorities, others' priorities, I'm referencing the typical person's priorities priority is not peace. It is pleasure, it is possession, it is position. And if I'm influenced by the same, then I have a strong sense of doership. A strong sense of doership. If I am less influenced by others' priorities, their lower priorities, that means I don't believe in doership only. I actually feel instrumentship, instrumentship. In other words, that there's more to life, there's more to me than what I'm experiencing. If I'm not someone who succumbs to any negativity, I do not give in to others' egos and conflicts. I am even more evolved than instrumentship it is observership. Observership or sachi bhava that all around me, all inside of me, there is that presence of the creator and I'm just observing all of this. I'm narrating this because this chapter begins with describing the need for training the mind. An untrained mind 
is one of doership. A trained mind is one of observership. An untrained mind will give in to peer pressure. A trained mind will not give in to peer pressure. The need for training the mind. The untrained mind lives like an illusion. The trained mind lives in reality. We continue with this chapter, and I'll reference Jabala Upanishad. Rishi Atri asks Rishi Yagnyavalkya, what is the Yagnya Upavita? What is the sacred threat? What is it? Now, this is a question in the Upanishad, in Vedanta. Do you think Rishi Yagnyavalkya is going to say, it's cotton that's tied together, that's sourced from this tree in this part of the world. What Rishi Yagnyavalkya tells Rishi Atri, it is knowledge. That sacred thread is knowledge. I'll show you some visualizations. A animal is called a tirya because they're horizontal. Their genital organ, stomach, heart, and head are all on the same plane, isn't it? A cat, a dog. For an animal, each of these is the same priority. Now, if you think of a human, we're not horizontal, we are vertical. Genital organ, stomach, heart, head. That should be our priority. And for one who is a seeker, for one who's been introduced to knowledge, for one who's holding on to knowledge, that sacred thread actually divides your body in half, no? Where the genital organ and stomach no longer are a priority at all, your priority is on developing the heart and the head. Focusing on the lower, illusion. Focusing on the higher is reality. And our Upanishads say, <coughs> Yagnyo ve Vishnu. Knowledge itself is God. But not knowledge of economics or warfare. Knowledge of what's inside of you knowledge of what's inside of life. The Upanishad continues by saying, a kshatriya, a warrior, is one who is fighting the universal sacred war. And where is that going on? Inside of oneself. See, to fight outside doesn't make one a warrior. Really, that may make one just violent. But if I'm trying to lift myself by myself, if I'm trying to be more independently joyous, then I am a kshatriya. I am a warrior. Hence the movie, Peaceful Warrior, correct? <laughs> if there is an illusion, there has to be a reality. Our Upanishads, meditation and life, is teaching us not to externalize this message, 
not to externalize happiness, because if we do, even this becomes an illusion. But when we internalize all of this, that a Brahmana, Kshatriya, is not based on a blood type or a skin color, but it's based on someone who's engaged in knowledge, someone who's engaged in betterment, slowly they do tune into that reality. There is no subject that is more important than this. Why? When you dream, that entire dream world, those are objects, and the dreamer, as in the subject, all of that is just a projection of the mind. Correct? Everything is a projection of the mind. How do you know that you're not doing it now? Because the mind is capable of doing that. When I'm in a dream, I don't believe there's a waking state. Correct? How do you know that you're not doing it now? Training has to be perpetual. The second half of this chapter is emphasizing that nitya, that sada, that nirandaram, always constant. In past courses, I was sharing with all of you, for many months, I went through lucid dreaming while I was studying in the ashram. Lucid dreaming is when you know you are dreaming and it's a really powerful and fun experience because all of the limitations of the waking state are not there in the dream state. You can do whatever you want. You can build, you can fly. It's very much like inception. <laughs> now I happen to experience this through the right environment and by accident. And don't ask me <laughs> for further details because I'm not going to tell you. But there are techniques on how to trigger lucid dreaming. And you know what the primary technique is? While you're awake, you have to keep on asking yourself, am I dreaming? Am I dreaming? Am I dreaming? So that when you are dreaming, what is the question that comes up? Am I dreaming? Am I dreaming? Am I dreaming? And you will start to feel that you are dreaming. And then you'll drift into that lucid dream. But if you just, while you're drinking coffee, say once, am I dreaming? <laughs> the next morning, you're not going to engage in that lucid dreaming. But if you record a YouTube video that says, am I dreaming? And you play <laughs> perpetually, there's a good chance tomorrow morning, while you're dreaming, you're asking yourself, am I dreaming? Perpetual training. Our thoughts come from our blueprint. Our vrittis come from our vasanas. Now the vrittis, the thoughts are subconscious. The vasanas, the blueprints are unconscious. How do you access the unconscious? Through the conscious the more vigilant I am about the thoughts I am having, the more I'm able to access the unconscious and start to change that. Right now, my impression, my tendency is that I'm this body. My impression, my tendency is that the only way to be happy is through articles, being circumstances. Gurudev Swami Chinmayananda is describing all of this as 
illusory. If I start to be more careful with my thoughts, what happens is I go from anatma vasana, this propensity to think that I'm small, to atma vasana, which is this force that I'm actually infinite. Every article, every being, every circumstance, the computer you're looking at, your child living at home, the storm that's coming tomorrow. All of this is just the snake. Is there a snake? There is only a rope. Just because you see the snake doesn't make there a snake. You're perceiving the rope, actually. When someone sees a snake, they're actually seeing the rope, but they lack knowledge. They're ignoring the truth. For us, that we're, we're perceiving divinity also. We're experiencing oneness also, but we're ignoring that. That's what it means to be ignorant. How simple enlightenment is. Discipline is the key to become an inquirer. Discipline is the key to become an inquirer. What's that gossip magazine or newspaper called? It's called National Enquirer, correct? I think it's called National Enquirer. I used to uh, help my mother grocery shopping. That was just the seva that I did. And the prasad I got, I got to choose a chocolate bar when we got to that aisle. So as my mother's doing the real work, I'm looking at all of the chocolates and all of the weird magazines that are there, right? A cow with three heads, that spaceship that landed. See, if you want to inquire, you just have to be indisciplined. <laughs> just make up whatever you want. But if you want to inquire, it comes from discipline. I hope you're flowing with this train of thought that our rishis are sharing. Contemplation will naturally come for someone whose lifestyle is sattvic, for someone whose lifestyle is balanced and meaningful. All they do will be contemplation. It's not a technique. It's not restricted to a, a space and a time. So discipline leads to that inquiry. Swami Chinmayananda specifically says, discipline helps us to forget what we're not, and inquiry helps us to remember what we are. In other words, it's a matter of letting go and holding on. And he says, that's what contemplation is. Contemplation is forgetting what you're not and remembering what you are. It is letting go of na iti or neti. And the way I described it is the three states, the three bodies, the five sheets, letting go of all of that, holding on 
to what I love the most, which is existence, awareness, joy, this is what contemplation is. We know that we're being led towards contemplation. We are becoming more contemplative when we are more thoughtless. Here with a hyphen. <laughs> I am thoughtless with a hyphen, not like that person's so thoughtless. I have less thoughts, which is really the experience of stillness. By becoming still inside, one becomes a rishi. You start to see what was already there. You start to see what the next person can't see. Thoughtlessness is stillness is godliness. What is the purpose of prayer? To become still. It is godliness. When one is beginning to live this experience. I'll read a line to you from chapter six of Bhagavad Gita. This is where Bhagavan Krishna is telling Prince Arjuna, Arjuna, if you follow what I've been teaching you, and remember his teachings began in chapter two, chapter two, three, four, five, which is all about selflessness, discipline, inquiry. What will happen is, Yasmin stito na dukkena gurunapi vichalyate. In English, Yasmin means the one who is following. Stitaha, that person will be firm. That person will be solid. That person will be balanced. That person will be transcendental, even in na dukkena gurunapi in heavy sorrow they will not be moved they will not be affected because they are most clear that reality is existence awareness joy and whatever is moving is simply the articles beings and circumstances the illusion When that rainbow goes away, <coughs> when you're experiencing an optical illusion, when that rainbow goes away, do you feel stress? You don't. When the sun sets, do you feel stress? It didn't because it never set. And we get it when it's externalized here, but now bring it closer to popularity. Is everyone always going to like you? Is everyone always going to dis dislike you? <laughs> that itself is an illusion to feel that everyone's always going to like me, always going to dislike me. When I know the illusion, it becomes entertaining, isn't it? When people start to praise me, you laugh. When people start to criticize you, you laugh. Because I know this is an illusion. Now come closer. What is this body called? Rogalaya. It is the abode of disease. It is a disease. <laughs> the body is a disease. Have we ever heard that message? Yeah, yeah, your body is a disease. <laughs> My body is beautiful. My body is handsome. Internalize. This whole course is about internalizing. 
Contemplation is about internalizing. If you enjoyed what you heard or you want to learn more, share this episode with a friend or find us online at medium.com slash vichara gurukula. For those on the journey of self-development, Vichara Gurukula is a community forum that provides an opportunity to listen, reflect, and contemplate. This podcast is produced by the Young Adults of Chinmaya Mission, an international nonprofit working to transform individuals through the knowledge of Vedanta. Until next time, inspire, love, be. Mm-hmm.